0: The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Those who act accordingly have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. In the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, this fourth Sunday of the season of Epiphany, we are transported to Capernaum. Capernaum is a seaside village on the north end of the Sea of Galilee. Remember, from last week's sermon, Jesus is spending a lot of time around the Sea of Galilee. Not only is it big, But the folks that he is drawn to seem to spend a lot of time there. In today's gospel, in a very holy space, we are met with a man controlled by an unclean spirit standing before the Holy One, Jesus. In this particular encounter, there is no doubt that Jesus has made himself known, not just to this world, but to all the principalities and powers that inhabit the world. I'll tell you more about that in a little bit. This is an an epiphanal encounter. Why? Because it displays Jesus' greatness, and it also shows us the gospel's power to break bonds and set people free. Please know this is not for just those who have unclean spirits. It is for all of us. In an interesting turn of events, it is also this quaint seaside village which becomes the place where Jesus Chooses to begin his earthly ministry in the book of Mark. The first show of him being a minister in Mark is in this synagogue. And we see that he is teaching on the Sabbath. Well, first of all, that Jesus was permitted to teach in a synagogue is not remarkable in and of itself. What captures my attention is the manner of which he is teaching. Jesus is teaching in a way that raises eyebrows, that makes hearts beat just a little bit quicker. How do we know that? Because in scripture it says, everyone is astounded by what he is teaching about. Jesus' teaching was unlike anything anybody had ever heard before. So within the synagogue, there are those whose job is to teach about the law, teach the things of God. Those people were known as scribes. So they were good at teaching about God because they knew a lot about God, because they had studied God. So lots and lots of head knowledge about God. But as good as these scribes were with talking about God, there was always a distance between what a scribe was saying and the God he was talking about. And this is what makes Jesus different. When Jesus taught, there was an intimacy, an intimacy in his knowledge of God, Jesus spoke as one who had spent time with God, not just in study, but in heart-to-heart time with God. Going further, perhaps what was so stunning was that he spoke as if he were truly God. Oh my goodness, how astounding is that? And maybe, just maybe, this is the difference that they sense, those in the synagogue, maybe they sensed that and felt that. I know when I have been in the presence of someone who's a fantastic teacher, you get caught up in the moment, you forget about what's going on, you're captivated. And I have to believe this is what they were experiencing. So when giving some thought to this, my own heart was stirred, and I couldn't help but wonder this question. I'm a mom, I'm a priest, and so when Jesus spoke of God, could it be the same way a mother or father speaks the names of her own children? Just maybe. The love and personal involvement Jesus had with his subject matter made it clear that this was more than just head knowledge for him. This authority and knowing was born out of a deep love shared with his father. The same love that I just might say a mother has for her own children, which I know from my own three children makes itself first known when I spoke their names. I recall many years ago, as my firstborn is now a teenager, but when he was born, my doctor looked at me and joyfully exclaimed, and Suzanne, what shall we call him? Through tears and sweat, born from the great labor that had just ensued, I firmly looked at her and said, not until I see him will I tell you what shall he be called. (laughs) When he was laid in my arms, in a moment, when he was made visible to me, when he was made real in flesh, I knew his name was to be Luke. Means light, and love, energy. After eight hours of brutal labor, in my mind, how could I name him anything else but Luke? Saying his name to my doctor eased the pain that had come with many, many hours of labor. Just as a mother brings power into the life of a newborn when speaking his or her name for the first time, in our gospel this morning, the authority of Jesus is called out when his name is spoken. And what is so fascinating to me And the real surprise of Mark's gospel is who is the one who is calling Jesus' name. Through Mark's use of surprise, if you read the entire gospel of Mark, you will see surprise after surprise after surprise. This is one of the ways in which he carries the gospel forward. So seemingly out of nowhere, we meet a man who has an unclean spirit. And in the gospel, it says, immediately it is this unclean spirit which speaks the name of Jesus. Not just the name of Jesus, but Jesus of Nazareth, Holy One of God. This unclean spirit knows exactly who he's dealing with. The unclean spirit immediately knows who Jesus is because it says, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Meaning there is more than one. And in one of Mark's ironic reversals, those present in the synagogue were astounded with Jesus' teaching, but they did not know who he was. But it is the unclean spirit who knows exactly who Jesus is. This spirit addresses Jesus not only immediately, correctly, without hesitation. He knows Jesus by name, and from where he comes, And it seems as though this unclean spirit knows exactly what Jesus' purpose is because he says this, Have you come to destroy us, Holy One of God? This unclean spirit makes a demonic confession and recognizes Jesus as the Holy One of God. Nobody else does, but this unclean spirit knows exactly who he is dealing with. The spirit knows that Jesus is God. And in Jesus' first act of his public ministry in the Gospel of Mark, how ironic and utterly absurd that it is the unclean demonic spirit that recognizes immediately who Jesus is. Jesus doesn't affirm this in speech, nor does he deny it. He simply says two words. He said two words last week, too follow me, this week, be silent. Come out of him. Be silent. The spirit was convulsing. It was scary. And Jesus commands the spirit, be silent. And guess what? It obeys. The spirit leaves. It's expelled from the man who, with just a few words, said, leave and be quiet. Jesus doesn't get down on his knees and pray. He doesn't do any abracadabra magic spells. He doesn't give any props, no formulas, just Two direct commands from the one who holds the ultimate authority. This juxtaposition of strength and authority is arresting. He holds it. On one hand, Jesus expels with calm and strength. And on the other, the demonic being convulses and cries loudly. Do you see the difference? After this encounter, no one in the synagogue is left wondering who wins. They know. There is a reason why this demon leaves, kicking and screaming. It's scared out of its mind. Why? Because evil forces have the most to lose in the coming of Jesus and the good news he brings. They just do. So once again, Jesus has showed up. Epiphany has arrived. And Jesus makes himself known, not only to this world, but also to the principalities of an entirely different world. A scary world. And so In doing that, he has brought liberation to all of us who, like this man with the unclean spirit, are bound up, held down, tied up, held captive, whatever words you want to use. He has freed this man from the power that afflicted him. That which has kept him from flourishing. And that is all God wants of us, right? To have life and to have it abundantly. Through this man, we see that Jesus is the only one who has the power to set our souls free. To set us free of illness Disability, destructive forces, danger, all of those things that have power over us. That is the life giving, that is the life saving message of hope that we have. So we see the wonder of how God makes himself present so many thousands of years ago in that synagogue along the Sea of Galilee. But another miracle of epiphany is discovering what deserves our own amazement in our current situations. Where are you amazed by Jesus' authority? Are you even amazed by it? Do you even believe it? Where can you, yourself, see your soul being set free? Set free from those things that aren't good for us. You know what they are, I know what they are for me. Those things that we think are beyond our control, that are so far out of our reach that we don't even try, but we see today we should. news dear people of God is that we can be set free we can be allowed to flourish and to have life in abundance we are in a world that is in desperate need of all that he has to freely give. Whatever is holding you down, holding you back, the weight that is so heavy to carry, there is a God who is telling you this morning, I just happen to be the mouthpiece, this. Lay it down. Lay it down. Give it to me. Learn to walk freely and lightly. I will show you how. Amen.
1: May the Lord. Lord, bless and keep you forever. May the Lord, mighty Lord, bless and keep you forever.
0: And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Rest upon you and those whom you love this day and always. Amen.